Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome to The Saving Podcast. My name is Gabriel. I'm Tim. I'm Luke. And tonight, we're going to be talking about, are you prepared? And what I mean by that is, no, not are you prepared for work? Are you prepared in the morning? Nothing like that. But are you prepared for the day that Jesus opens up those skies and he comes back and, you know, the resurrection happens? And we're just going to be diving into details about maybe our own personal lives in that regard and how you guys can apply this to your own personal life and how you guys can use the Bible to just kind of help steer you in the right direction that God has for your life. And I think you meant rapture. Oh, <laughs> but I'm sorry, y'all. I'm I'm tired. I'm tired. I meant sorry. Rapture. Yes, the rapture. I don't know why I said the resurrection. Oh, you good? Like we um we definitely want to be prepared. Like because we definitely are in the end times. Especially looking at what's going on in today's world and how it directly reflects the Noah days. And it's just, it's crazy. But, um, and like, honestly, this topic shouldn't bring fear, shouldn't bring any kind of confusion or discomfort. It should bring peace to the ones who are ready. So that's kind of the whole point of this. But, and salvation as a whole is a very simple thing to attain. It's just a matter of, are we willing to sacrifice and rid ourselves of our fleshly desires in order to meet God and his standards? Not saying we are God, but are we willing to take on those biblical standards that are written out in his word and apply them to our own lives to, you know, be the person that he wants us to be? And no, just to kind of like get rid of any misconceptions, Christianity is not a work-based faith. There's nothing that you can physically do here on this earth, labor-wise, serving-wise, or anything that can get you into heaven. The only way to get to heaven is, for one, through the Father, but also believing that he died on the cross and he rose on the third day and truly accepting him to reside in your heart. That's all it takes. And it's just a declaration. And then you get baptized, which is like your outgoing gesture of faith to show everybody that, I'm committing myself, getting baptized in the Holy Spirit, and so on and so forth. You're on your faith walk. And so we're just going to, again, just dive deep, just deeper into that. And are you being prepared, you know? Yeah. I like this verse in Matthew. Um, and it talks about the Pharisees and how the Pharisees were, um, you know, the religious leaders and how they um, they thought that they knew uh they thought that they had a great relationship with Jesus and they thought that they were um, practicing what they're preaching. But then Jesus says to him, he, re- he replies to him and says, Woe to you, teachers of the laws and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. And I think in that situation, it was like when we see when we see God one day, we're going to be, he's going to say, either depart from me, I never knew you, or well done, my good and faithful servant. You know, that's kind of what, what we've been talking about today. But um, I think in this, what I'm taking away from this is that... Um, we can think we have a great relationship with the people around us. We can think we have a great relationship with the Lord, you know? Um, but in actuality, like, are we really seeking out the Lord in our day-to-day life? Are we truly like abiding in the Lord's presence, you know, being with him, um, one-on-one, you know, but also like a lot of people, and we talked about this in a couple podcasts, like a couple weeks back, but you know, um, are you just kind of halfway living out your faith or are you fully like stepping into that and um, fully like surrendering your life and all like all that you're doing to the Lord, you know? Yeah, like there's, we're in a world where there's so many things to get, to get distracted by and like that's honestly the device of Satan. Like he, distractions, um, diversions, just to get us off of the, 
to get us off of our game or to get us off of that. Like we're supposed to be seeking Jesus and like his ultimate goal is to get us like straight us away from that path. And I was telling Gabe yesterday, I was like, like Jesus, I mean, not Jesus, but well, basically God made us to be like sheep. Like Jesus is our shepherd, but Satan uses that. Satan also knows that we're sheep. He knows that we need something to follow. And that something to follow needs to be Jesus. And, but like his devices, like social media, like you gotta, you understand, you, 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 you realize how every social media app has follow. Like we have to follow something. Everything is always a trend to follow. There's always something to follow mm, and it distracts true. us from following Jesus. And that's the ultimate shepherd that we should be following. But we're so distracted by so many different things. It's just, you got to recognize it. Yeah. But then when you're following God too, then you look at the devil can work 10 times more because you're, he doesn't want another soul, you know, going towards, Jesus, he wants, the devil wants to, my pastor was talking about it this past weekend, was he wants to kill, steal, and destroy, you know? Right, and that's, like, my fault, I mean. No, 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 I was just saying that's the devil's main mission. So yeah. even when we're fully abiding by God, that temptation is only going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. Right, and like, people, some people always ask the question, like, well, why does non-Christ followers, like, why do they lie so easy? Why do they live good lives? It's because they don't have an enemy anymore. They're on the enemy side. Mm. And why does the enemy have to attack you if he already has you? It's just, that, that's the reason the Christians are so, under so much persecution all the time. It's because we have an actual enemy. Nobody else is getting attacked like and persecuted like us because nobody else has that enemy because the enemy is already, they're already on his side. And my thing, like, I kind of notice is, like, whenever people are out there on the streets, like, preaching Jesus's word. Now, I don't mean to put that in the same category of like people on the side of the road preaching damnation because that also happens a lot, but it seems like every single time someone preaches the true word of God on the streets, all they receive is that persecution and that hate, people coming up to them, screaming at them, yelling at them, but if someone were to teach somebody or talk on the streets about, you know, the Quran or talk about Buddha or Nirvana, nobody would bat an eye. No one would be yelling, no one would be screaming at them telling them to go away they would just accept to be like oh they're just outliving their truth but uh, but you got to realize that when christians do it and they receive that hate and all that that's because it is the truth of course people you know those demonic spirits aren't going to pay any attention to people that are teaching the quran or teaching people about buddha or and even all, like pride or pride like, or or muslim like whatever it is he's He's not going to bat an eye because he knows that the devil knows it's not the truth. And I see videos constantly on social media of like guys that are really preaching the word of God. And you have regular civilians that just go over there and just yell and bash their name. And they don't even know who they are. Dude, and it's crazy because you can tell like it's just a demon manifested. In them. Like, like people literally act outrageous. Like it's not even human. And it's just like you can tell that they allowed a demon to manifest through them to persecute christians and it's it's crazy people i honestly think that would be like an interesting video if you took an atheist you took a jehovah's witness and then you took like a catholic and then you took you know these people from different denominations or what so you know you just take them and you have them share the gospel to people i wonder like how receptive Obviously, it varies from person to person, but you take them out, and you'll you probably could see it over the course of time as, you know, and then you get a Christian in the mix too sharing the gospel. Um, you'll probably see the scrutiny and the hate that is behind the people who share the gospel, you know, you like versus the all the gospel. other religions. Yeah, it's yeah, the hate that Christians get is crazy, but like I said, that's only because we have an enemy, and he's out to kill, steal, and destroy, like you said, and. It's just we gotta understand also understand the power that we have, like and the authority that God gives us and the authority that he has. Like he's like we'll we'll never lose with God on our side. If he's a if I'm not even gonna <laughs> if I forgot what the words of that song are. It's a scripture, but I can't even think of it right now. I'm so tired. But um Well it's just I, I think about this because the Bible tells us that we don't know the day nor the hour that he's going to return and him coming back is like birthing pains. We're just getting closer and closer and closer each and every single day since the time that he was resurrected. We were in the birthing pains. We were getting closer and closer. And, 
he the devil works overtime because he doesn't even know the day or the hour the angels don't even know when it's going to happen and the devil wants to work overtime to get you away from that so you're not prepared that's the point of this entire message because he can return right now in the middle of us recording this podcast and we won't even know it but we have security in our salvation and knowing that we're going to be okay when the rapture happens and we're just trying to relay the message of just preparedness and how to be prepared and what that even looks like but um before before we dive like a little deeper into that i do want to read a parable from matthew um it's and it's it's kind of the first thing i think about whenever the rapture is talked about but it's in matthew 25 it's about the parable of the 10 bridesmaids it's a little lengthy but it'll probably go by fast um so then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went and went to my freaking bookmarks in the way. Um, sorry about that. Um, and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough of the, take enough of the, took enough of the olive oil for their lamps. But the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout. Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please, give us the, give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, We don't have enough for all for all of you. Um, I don't know why I'm losing my place. Um, Um, sorry, y'all. I'm losing track. Um, Are you good? Going out, but the other replied, "We don't have enough for all of all of us. Go to the sh- go to a shop and buy some for yourselves." But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside, calling, "Lord, Lord, open the door for us!" But he called back, "Believe me, I don't know you." So you too must keep watch for you don't know the day or the hour of my return. And that just goes to show that ever since we were created, we were always on that ticking time clock, like of when Jesus is going to return and God, I mean, Jesus was going to be on that delay where, Oh, he's not returning yet, but we don't know when it's going to happen. So we need to be prepared. We need to be those believers that have our oil ready with the lamp. So that when he does come, we can have our lamps lit so that we can walk up in the gates of heaven knowing that our salvation is secured. And when that day comes and the rapture happens, which I could go down a whole rabbit hole about how that's going to be covered up. But um, when that day comes, there's going to be a lot of people running to the church like they're running to the shops to get more oil. They're going to be running to the church, claiming, claiming Jesus's name, wondering, why didn't you take me? Why? Why this? Why that? But. That all comes from our salvation not being secured. Yeah. And honestly, you can even talk about, like, how it will be covered up. Because I believe it will. And, like, I literally had a dream, what, like, two weeks ago that Jesus had came back. And, dude, it was amazing. Like, I was just, he was, like, this big old, big Jesus in the air. And he was just, like, his garment was just, like, fiery. And I was just crying. I was just like speaking in tongues and just crying, dude. And it was like just fell on my face. And then like his image like started like he started like distorting. And then I woke up and I told Prairie my dream and she interpreted it. She was like, Well, that's because they're gonna try to distort like when Jesus comes back they're gonna try to distort his image and try to say it was something else. They're gonna try to like, you know, deflect it and like they're already trying to say like aliens and stuff are real. And it's just like it's gonna be a whole big thing. Um but it was funny because, like, the other day after work, we were just, like, outside, and we thought we thought the rapture was happening. Y'all, listen, <laughs> we were – it was, like, super late at night Friday, and we were cleaning up. Um, we had a movie, movie outdoor movie for um, the residents that we um, work for, and we were cleaning up, and we were grabbing the chairs and whatnot, and all we heard was this, like, blaring siren or horn, and it just kept on going and i kid you not like it really had us thinking that it was happening right then and it there was just a steady note just holding out and we was just like 
I know like, it, really, it really like Jesus. Like yeah. is it is it you? We, I was waiting for Gabe to just like shoot up and just like, bro. Well, but. I mean, and again, all jokes aside, that just goes to show how sudden it really can be. Because I promise you, we were not expecting it, and we were not looking for anything to happen. But it just goes to show you how quickly that will happen. And that and you're right. Like I just, they just had the press conference for the CIA or something, where. They were going to release a bunch of alien footage and UFOs and da 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 da, you know, all that stuff. And it's like, well, why are you releasing it now? Like, is that not a little coincidental that you're releasing it now when you could have done this years ago or whatnot? But they're going to cover it up. They're going to, we're going to have to run to the news to figure out what in the world just happened. And they're going to say, oh, it's an alien invasion or we've been abducted or literally some other thing. And they're starting small by putting it on the news, by having press conferences that are releasing videos and stuff like that to desensitize America, to desensitize the world of what is about to happen. Because hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of people are going to be raptured. And there's going to be just an outpouring cry for the Lord right there and then because it's like it takes a hard punch in the face to realize that even the Lord exists for some people, you know. And that's going to be that left hook, you know, that that uppercut that's going to really shock the world because it's really happening. The things that are in between these two, um, between these pages and all 66 books, all of it is true. Every single word, because it was written by man, but it was all inspired by God for what he's done in the Old Testament. That's the things that he's done. And even in the New Testament of the things that he will do. Those are the prophecies and the things that he's foretold that are going to happen. And it is our duty. It's like it's our duty and we got to do our due diligence to read it and notice what's going on around the world and not do it in, out of fear, but do it out of love and to gain relationship and to understand the creator who created us. So the big question for today was, are you prepared? How can how can somebody be, be prepared to go up in a rapture if it was to happen tomorrow? You got anything, Luke? Yeah. I mean, I got a lot of things. Um, I think that we can't live in fear. There's this Bible verse that says, um, what is it? I'm going to look it up. It says pretty much how we're supposed to. Hold on. Let me find it. This is such a good verse. I think it's in John. I could be wrong. It says this. I heard I heard this guy say it a couple couple weeks ago on an interview, but it, it says in First John four eighteen it says there is no fear in love, but perf- perfect love casts out fear. And what I gather from that verse is that if we are like loving God, I mean obviously we're supposed to have a holy fear of the Lord, um, but when we're fully loving and when we're fully abiding in God, we don't have to worry about the outcomes of things, you know? And when we talk about like the end of the world, when we talk about all these things going on and also like how bad our, our, the state of the world is. Yes, there are those realities, but that's even more so of a reality check for yourself to be in the right position before God and to be in the right position. Um, just, I mean, for yourself, you know, when we're going to meet God and when we're going to be in like perfect union with him and excuse me. But I think when we learn to love God, he gives us that peace of mind. He gives us that love and we don't have to like worry about these things from a fearful standpoint, you know? And, um, it, I also like the verse too, because it also talks about like whenever we're in friendships where we can always also, and this is a little side tangent on it and just a little way I pick out the verse, but you know, when we're also in relationships and friendships, like if we're, we're, if we're trying to love somebody, but yet we're fearful of the love that they're going to give us, then odds are they're probably not the right relationship. And I think it's time to reevaluate and try and find the next, the next thing. Um, but going back to my overall origin point is that I, I think as Christians, there's a healthy amount of love and 
love that we have towards God to where we don't have to like fear like the state of things. Yeah. And like <laughs> and like I see like a lot of a lot of TikToks and people talking about Jesus coming back and um I see like a lot of fear inspired stuff though. Like we're not doing this to put fear into anybody. We're doing this to like let people be like let people know and also help them prepare and um I forgot my point, but basically like Luke you were saying Luke you, we shouldn't be scared to we shouldn't be scared to Jesus coming back. We shouldn't be scared cuz we know when he does come back we're going to be in a better place than we are now. We're going to be living forever. Like and it's it's a, a a great reality. It's not even a harsh reality. It's just a great reality to to realize that when he does come back or if we even pass away before he does come back that we're going to if you're truly walking with him, if you truly have a relationship with him and he knows you and you know him, you will live forever and that's just the best news you can ever hear. Yeah, and I I'm glad you I glad you brought up the point about like the videos and stuff that are being posted and people just coming out and saying things. I'm not going to say that all of it is false, but you do need to have a watchful eye as to what you're listening to in regards to the word of God because you don't want to be taking in bad fruit from other people because not everyone is here to speak life, especially on social media. And I see a lot of videos of people trying to predict when Jesus is coming back and you immediately got to turn from that because that's not from the Lord. If anybody ever comes out saying, I know when the Lord's returning, don't believe them. It's not true. No one knows. The angels in heaven that reside with him and praise his name 24-7 don't even know. And they're more holy than we are. Like, they don't even know. And Jesus don't even know. Only God knows. Yeah, I mean... It's just going to happen in a blink of an eye. And so with that being said, I know we talk about how to be prepared. So we're just going to go into that a little bit. But I would say for me, the first thing that you should do to be prepared is to humble yourself before the Lord and repent. That's the first thing I believe that you should do. Repent and just ask the Lord how he can mold you into the person that he wants you to be. Because he's always closer than we realize, so I would say step one would be just going to him in surrenderance and humility and repent for our sins. And once you do that, give your life, give your, I told him he's supposed to be on that. Oh, he completely forgot. So you can answer it. Oh, for real? All right, y'all, we're going to put, we're going to put Timmy on we're the bringing phone. Timmy. We're bringing Timmy on. Yo, what's up, man? Whatever. <laughs> what up? You're, you're on the, you're on the podcast right now. Bet, 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 bet. I'm excited. <laughs> So for those of you who may be new, Timmy is another member that is living in Jackson currently because his wife's in school. So we're trying to figure out different mediums and ways to get him involved in this podcast. So we're kind of having him on speakerphone right now. Oh, yeah, he'll be he'll be recording at his place and we're going to we're going to figure it out. I mean, I'm not that tech savvy, but we'll figure it out. But um, Timmy, just to kind of catch you up, we're just going over the tangible steps on how to be prepared and the first thing that i mentioned was what i believe is to go into the go to the lord with humility with surrenderance and truly repent from your heart and going into the next step once you do that give your life to him accept him into your heart believe that he died on the cross and rose on the third day believe that wholeheartedly because once you do that and you let him come into your heart that's when salvation begins and once you do that, I highly, I highly encourage you to just get baptized. Be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, being baptized doesn't equal salvation, but it's just an outgoing faith to show everybody that, hey, I'm getting baptized in the Holy Spirit and I'm committing my life to the Lord. And so once you do that, that's where your faith begins. That's where, you know, you'll deal with your tri your true trials your true tests and you'll reap so much good fruit from it because Christian as a Christian, you're going to receive a ton of persecution because the devil knows and the enemy knows that you're walking in alignment of what God is and who he's called you to be. And the devil doesn't want that for you. And that is how you become prepared. You grow closer with him each and every single day. You read your Bible, you pray, you fast, you do all these tangible things that the Bible tells you to do and practice them.
Don't just read it. Don't just read it just to read it. Read it to implement it in your life because that's what it's here for. I know a lot of people throw the acronym basic instructions before leaving earth, even though it doesn't say that's what it means in the Bible. I still kind of find that to be true because that's essentially what this is. This is our guide. This is our instruction. This is the thing that we lean on to understand who God is and what he's called us to be because a lot of people say, I can't hear from God. I don't, I don't know if God's speaking to me. Well, are you in his word? Because if you want to know what God is saying, it's right here in all 66 chapters and all 66 books. Sorry, not chapters, but 66 books. And when you read, he's going to speak to you every single time. It may not be an audible thing. It may be through signs. It may be through other people. And it may be through just dreams or visions or however may he may be. But just do those tangible things and that's how you be prepared for when the day really comes i know that was wordy but no i was just gonna say um like i agree with you you gotta be in a word and when you in your word like you learn his language like you learn how you learn how god speaks and um when you learn how he speaks that's when that stuff sticks out to you that's when like you can tell the difference between just your thoughts and what God is saying to you. I just want to throw that in there. I think a big part of it too is looking at, um, like that Bible verse says, it says, um, you know, well done, my good and faithful servant, or depart from me, I never knew you. And if you look at that verse and you say, hey, what are all the things in my life that are departing my relationship, departing and separating me from God? And you look at your life and you pick away all the things, whether it's pornography, whether it's lust, whether it's anger, whether it's the love of money, like all these like things that we think in the world are going to like satisfy us and get us towards the end goal. Because if you look at like everyone who will just like mankind, like people, some people believe in, um, you know, some people are atheists. They don't believe in a God, but they some people believe in like reincarnation or some people like there's always like some people don't believe in anything after death but there's always um but if you look probably at the majority i don't know whether i'm fully accurate on that or not but there's people always a lot of people think that there's a next step and so if you ask ourselves as like christians is what can we do to accomplish like the next step and getting closer to god before my time is up you know because especially after my friend jabe died uh from drunk driving home um and there's like there's like a whole bunch of stuff that goes along with that but after that situation i got a hand clock like or, you know clock hands on the side of my body and i was i was like dang lord like why did you take them away at the time that you did and i was like what like what could i have done as a friend to you know i could have been there that night with him and um you know just taken him home and you know made sure you're safe but like I believe that God has his hand on everyone's life and he appoints everyone for a specific reason while they're on earth. And so if we can find, if we can accomplish and find our reason and our purpose on earth and then we can fully like submit to God and do those things, then we know that like we're fully accomplishing what we need to on 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 earth, you know? Following God's will. Um I was gonna say like in just like a um kind of similar to what Gabe was saying. Well, I guess to go along with what Gabe was saying, um, whenever you give your life to the Lord, it just doesn't stop there. Like you don't just give your life to the Lord, get baptized and just go back into the world. Now it's time to start actually transforming your life with the help of the Holy Spirit and also starting to look like Jesus and, and starting to try to be like him. Cause that's the end goal for the, for a Christ, for us to look like the bride. I mean, so for, sorry, for us to look like Christ and, um, and a lot of times that the trap is that we get preached a lot, honestly, in our day and age is that once saved, always saved. And I feel like what the Lord is saying is like when he says, department for me, I never knew you is I, I don't know you. I don't have a relationship with you. Like you, you said you got saved, but there was nothing else after like, where is, where's the fruit of you getting saved? Like you never came to me. Where's, where is the 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 part where you come to me and you spend time with me in your word because if you, and, and the reality is if you don't come to him and spend time with him and build a relationship with him you can get saved and then next thing you know you're just looking like the world again because you just you, there's no transformation taking place you know what i mean 
Yeah, I agree with that. And, like, there's also the fact that, like, a lot of people, and that's what I was saying about the the Pharisees earlier, is the Pharisees thought they were right and just before God's eyes, but they really were not practicing what they're preaching, you know? And so, like, I think that's a, it's a scary point, especially when we're in our faith, is that we can think we have a great relationship with God, but, like, are we truly abiding? Are we truly, like, transforming from our old life to our new life, you know? And that's why, like, you know, baptism is not, <clears throat> is not like, you know, your ticket to heaven, but it is a declaration. It is a sign of you, like, giving your life to Christ and um, showing everyone outwardly that you are are in relationship with God. But I think also, like, a question I'd ask all you guys, too, is, like, after somebody, you know, gives their life to Christ, like, what are, like, the forward steps that they would take to you know, being in a relationship with him and getting towards that end goal of, you know, like one day hearing, well done, my good and faithful servant. Like what, what is, what does that look like in a Christian walk? I guess. Honestly, um, I think it starts in a secret place, just you and him behind closed doors. Um, my mom preached a message a couple of days ago and she said something that really stuck with me. And it said the corporate altar can never replace your personal altar. Basically, like, you can worship in church on Sundays and Wednesdays when all you want, but that will never replace, like, what you do at home with just you and him. Like, you got to be able to, like, break out of the cycle of just Sunday routine or normal routine and actually go go be with him, just you and him, because that's, that's what he really wants. Is you, he, he wants you. He wants to be with you. He died for you, and it's literally just you and him. And... So a practical way is literally just um, setting aside setting aside time just to like read your word, do like, and I'm not gonna lie, like when I was a, like a like really a baby in, in Christ and just got saved, that was probably the hardest part for me, just sitting down and reading my Bible. And but honestly, I just kept asking the Lord, like, Lord, I know I'm supposed to be doing this. I know like this is how you communicate. This is how I get closer to you. This is how I get to know you and your character and everything. So it helped me to to really to really have a hunger for your word and to understand it and to give me wisdom um, to be able to apply it to my life and different things like that. And you'd be surprised you, when you ask him for, for things like that, he'll give it to you, especially when it pertains to him. Um, so reading your word, just worshiping and a lot of times, like just cutting away stuff and cutting people out of your life who will drag you away from the world. I mean, away from him and back into the world because it's it's easy, like especially like with our flesh, is it's easy to get sucked back in, into something once you start it again. So separate yourself from worldly things. Um, so those are just a couple of tips from me that I, that I would do. So, yeah, I I love what you I love what you said to me. Um, and kind of like going off of that, I'm gonna backtrack just like a tad because I'm glad you brought up the once saved always saved topic. Um. Because I feel like that's also a misconception that's kind of like going around and that's something that's talked about and everybody just seems to be very confused about that. And I just kind of like want to elaborate on that. Once you're truly saved and you really believe in your heart of hearts that Jesus died on the cross and rose on the third day and you truly accept him to have a home in your heart. I believe when you truly believe that he starts to work on you from the inside out and I just want to get this out the way too. There's only one sin that we can do that's unforgivable. And that is blasphemy against the Holy spirit. That is completely renouncing the name of Jesus and renouncing his Holy spirit. And I believe if you're truly saved, you wouldn't even conjure up those words and actually mean it. And when you do that, I believe that you're, there's no way, there's nothing that you can do on this earth physically to get rid of your salvation. The only thing that could get rid of your salvation is forfeiting it. And that's giving it up. And that's by doing it by denouncing the name of Jesus or committing blasphemy. I believe that's the one way that we can kind of get rid of our salvation is through forfeiting it. Not necessarily the things that we commit because we can, I mean, there's killers out there, there's drug dealers, there's drug addicts but those things can't get rid of your salvation because God can still redeem you from those things. But essentially committing blasphemy and forfeiting your salvation is 
the one way that you can just get rid of it entirely. But I believe that if you truly saved and you truly believe the things that you have said with your mouth and you've confessed with your heart, you wouldn't even conjure up those thoughts because the Lord will work on you from the inside and then his light will shine through you and it will project outwards to other people and they will be able to see the light that God has put on your life. And you'll see that 180 that you're looking for because in our fleshly, in our flesh, in our flesh, it's, it's kind of hard to get rid of some of those desires, but just naturally spending time with him and praying will get rid of those fleshly desires without you even realizing it. Like currently in my state, in my relationship with the Lord, I have seen him get rid of fleshly desires without me even realizing it. I just have literally no desire for some of the things of this world anymore. And that's because I take time to spend time with him and foster and care for that relationship with him. Because I don't take the time on earth, like my time on this earth for granted, especially the time that I spend with him. And I've just seen how, and I'm not perfect by any means, you know, I may sin without knowing it, you know, but I still come to him in humility and repent of the things that I've done each and every single day. Even if I, you know, committed a sin or not that day, like I still come to him in repentance because I'm a human. I'm not perfect. And just watch as how the Lord can revolve you and do that 180 that you're looking for without you realizing it. But we must be humble enough to spend time with him and have faith in what he is doing and what he said in his word. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, like, of course, like the one way to lose your salvation is to forfeit it through blasphemy. But you also got to live righteous. Like you can't be living in sin. Yeah. Like you can't say uh, you can't give your life to Jesus and then. Just live in sin, cause that way you you would you would not go to heaven if you're living in sin. Yeah, that's why I was saying like if you truly believe in your heart of hearts of the things that you've confessed, and you truly foster that relationship with Him, you wouldn't have to worry about things like that because the Lord will change you from the inside out. Exactly. Not Man, not saying will. yeah, not saying you won't be tested or you won't be put through trials or the enemy won't attack you even harder, but we have a sword now, we have a weapon to use against that and we have a god that is holy and faithful that will that we he gave us authority to cast out those things in his name with our words and so like yeah when you foster that relationship that those habitual sins will just fade over time yeah and i'm not saying just like if you slip up like then you you go to hell i'm just saying like when you're practicing like the way prairie my wife explained it is like practice means you're doing it practice makes perfect so if you're practicing sin you're constantly doing it and you're not turning away from it that's what living in sin that's what living in sin is and that's what that's what will lead you away from your salvation and like what gabe was saying like is if you if you have a true heart for for god and you have a true relationship with him and you spend time with him he will he will work those things out i'm not saying that it'll be a 180 in one day but he will slowly work those things out of you he will change your heart he will renew your mind and refresh your soul and you'll be a whole new person that you didn't think like dude i've seen people do 180s who like killers drug addicts like it's crazy what the holy spirit can really do when you allow him to do it yeah and i think as soon as you so submit your life to the lord you have the Holy Spirit, which is your conviction, which is your guidance, which is Jesus. But in uh, like, you know, the whole like he, he has a Trinity. He has a Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, now that what a privilege we have to access the Holy Spirit. If you think of like, like in the Old Testament, if I'm thinking right, the Old Testament, like they had Jesus on earth. You know what I mean? But we have like the Holy Spirit because we don't have Jesus anymore roaming through the earth. So that's even more so of a conviction for me as a Christian to go share the gospel, knowing that I have the Holy Spirit as a uh, as a literal like compass. It's it's like the backbone of to who we are as Christians, you know. Um, I also think a big thing. Uh, to be mindful of as we're trying to get to that further goal of well done my good and faithful servant is to not become numb to sin not become numb to the evil powers of the world not become numb to um you know it says in this verse it says just give me one second 
it says Romans 12, 9 through 16. But I'm going to only read like a little bit of it. It says, hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Nowadays, we just like, for real, we just like, we're so accepting as a culture. Since everything is like so like me centered and like I want it now in the moment now. Like that even makes us even more greedy. But like, that's kind of besides the point. But we're so accepting of things. It's even like the little things. Like nowadays, you have girls dressing provocatively. But back then, you had girls who were wearing, you know, jeans and wearing like they were keeping up like a higher standard. And that's what even makes me say like, I wish I was dating a like dating my girlfriend. But back then in the old time period, because the values are just, you know, better. Um, in different parts of it, you know, during that time. But my point is, is just, you know, as I'm going through my walk with the Lord, I don't want to become numb to like sin. I don't want that sin to like kind of start dwelling over me. And like, you know how in, I think it was, uh, Harry Potter, you know how they're like the, the demons or whatever. They're like sucking the souls out of like people, you know, and they're, like, that's literally kind of what I picture, like, you know, the devil trying to do with us. He's trying to, like, win our souls. He's trying to, like, pull that out of us. But if we're truly, like, it, we even talked about this with, um, you know, the whole, the, there's a Bible verse, and it talks about, um, you know, gouging your right, out, right eye out. You know, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out. It's like Jesus is saying, or, um, I think it was Paul. I can't remember who was writing that part of the Bible, but it's saying like, take it, take your sin so serious because your sin, sin has a, like a, such a big after effect. And we have to, um, take just take it serious and just, you know, ultimately at the end of the time, we're going to see God one day and his judgment's going to be on us. And if we're not like taking it serious now, then what's the point of like doing it? At any point yeah for real that's a long tangent but <laughs> no, you get it. i mean because you're right like none of us know the day or the hour bro like what's the point like what's the point of holding off and waiting to 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 get right with the lord because if if he comes or even if you die and you're not right with him like like you're not you're not going to heaven like that's just that's just the the base of it and i like what you were saying like as far as like um like hating the things that's evil and loving things that's good because and honestly I, ha I had to pray the other night i was like lord like just soften my heart again because my heart just like gotten so hard and just from like it's so easy for your heart to get hard just seeing all the negativity and evil on, on social media and stuff like just daily because it's so in your face just like soldiers uh they used to have soldiers play call of duty to get this desensitized to war and so like from from that it's like kind of like the same thing like we, we see negativity and like just evil stuff on social media youtube like tiktok all this stuff all day every day and it's just like to us it's, like, oh, it's just another day in america it's just us oh, it's, it's normal when no it's not bro it's not normal it's just getting worse <laughs> a whole lot worse and we just getting used to it but we shouldn't be so i like that you said that like because we really should be praying for softer hearts and letting our hearts not get hard um because there's so much evil going on around us that if if we go if if our hearts go hard to it, it honestly takes away the opportunity for us to pray for those type of things because we don't even really care about them no more. Because if your heart is hard towards it, you can't really care about it. And if you don't care about it, you probably won't pray about it. So that's um, so good. And another Golly. example of that, <laughs> yeah, oh, Timmy, that's that's so good, dude. <laughs> um, <laughs> but an example of that is like the other night, a couple nights ago, like I had like a crazy dream, it was like a, like a it was, it was a scary dream. I talked to my mom about it, but she was like, that dream wasn't meant to scare you. It's the Lord speaking to you um, about the situation. But I had a dream about like, like, you know, like child and human trafficking. And it was like with somebody that's like super close to me and it felt so real. But I had the opportunity to like really feel how like I was like, wow, like there's people out there in the world who really, really deal with human trafficking and have kids who get trafficked and kidnapped and wives and girlfriends who get trafficked and kidnapped it's like like Laura, like that that's like it really happens and people out here are feeling how i felt for five seconds after i woke up from a dream they're feeling that like for a lifetime until they find out what happens to that to that person or they just never find out at all because they're just like out there in the world somewhere um 
so I feel like the Lord just softened my heart in that area as far like to to really care for human and child trafficking because it's a terrible thing and we we need to be praying against that. So that's just like another area of like something that just felt so normal to me for a while. It's like that's just like it's of course it's terrible, but. It's like how how do how do me how do how does Timmy Fikes living in Jackson Tennessee stop human trafficking? Well, I can pray for it. So that's just like um, just goes along with what you were saying, Luke, about just not having a hard heart and really caring about the things of the Lord. So yeah, I was I was gonna add on to that, like and just being closer to the Lord, like walking with Him and reading His Word and just having that relationship, He will soften your heart. But it also is good to ask for him to soften our hearts, too, because like we can our hearts can be hardened by scrolling and seeing stuff every day that we see on. the. I don't watch the news, but, like you know, TikTok is in Instagram. Like it might as well be a news outlet because every day, like when something happens, it's a huge it's a huge outpour and everybody's posting about certain stuff. So like when we're seeing the news of like what's happening around the world, like our hearts can get hardened to it. Like you see school shootings and stuff like that. It, like so many happen, and like it just gets so normalized when it's really not normal. And like people need to know that like prayer really does work. Like if I'm praying for something, and Timmy, you're in Jackson praying for something, and Luke is somewhere over somewhere else praying for something. Like those are three prayers that are gonna build up together and like. And work for the better, work for God's will, and it's just so important to be praying because you never know who else is praying. There could be thousands of people praying for the same exact thing, and when when everybody comes together as one, when like Jesus said, well, the Bible says, like when two or three more gather in my name, like He'll work it out. Yeah, like you said, I mean, when two or, two or more gather, the Lord is there, and I just want to give you like a physical representation of what prayer looks like. You know how, like, usually police officers, they usually have their canine units or whatnot, and at a call, they could just release them and they'll go attack whatever it is that may be a threat. That's exactly how prayer works. You know, we, we're in constant spiritual warfare while we're on this earth. There is a war going on in heaven and on earth that we can't even see. There, there is so much going on that we don't even know about that's in the spiritual realm, and we have the authority to send those angels to go and work on the Lord's behalf for the good of him and to help us out. And that's just kind of like a physical representation where like a police officer will send out his canine to go take out the threat or whatever it is. That's like us sending out those angels to go take care of a threat or take care of something or go put a hand to it. That's exactly how it works. And when that happens and we use our words, there is a spiritual fire that rains down rain like it literally pours out on those things and takes it away now will it be immediate not always but sometimes it can be i mean that's up that's between god's will and that's pretty much it but i mean don't ever lose faith because think i mean i kind of had to think about this too like if if we got everything we asked for and everything that we prayed for i believe faith would just be pointless because we would just get it if we asked like oh we don't have to worry about believing in it because it yes it's it's already done but that's like a whole other discussion but like yeah my point my point with that is is that sometimes we may not get what we're seeking or we may not get what we find but that's what our faith is for that's what relying on god is he is our source he is our sustenance he is our spiritual food he is everything we can need he's the bread of life and that's what prayer is like you know, like you said, I'm glad you brought up the sex trafficking thing and, you know, child trafficking. You know, they just had the sound of freedom come out and you saw how the world reacted to that. And it just made me think, like, I just wish the world could just wake up like yeah, this stuff is real. You don't like why else would you think the world would be reacting the way that they are saying we can't show the movie because the AC's out or something of that nature like wake up every other movie's being shown but that one and i'm just using this as an example because when people know the truth some people can't handle the truth and when the truth is spoken this that spirit of defenseness comes out people get like they have to feel like they got to hop in this defend defensive mode because the truth is being said and they don't like to hear it guess what that's the spirit of the enemy cowering because he knows the truth don't let the devil trick you into knowing like the devil even knows God's exist. The devil knows the truth. Don't let him fool you into believing that the truth isn't real. 
you're telling me you're going to let the one enemy, the one spiritual enemy, trick you into believing this isn't real. When he even believes that it's real. He's experienced. He knows what God is. He knows what who Jesus is. He knows what heaven looks like. He's been there. He had the most beautiful voice in heaven before he was cast out into hell. And you're telling me that you're going to let him dictate your life and cause you to believe that, oh, this isn't true. When he's experienced it. That's what I wish that we can have that spirit of outpouring to just open up our eyes and that veil just be torn away because that's what we need we need that deliverance and i know it's not going to be a hundred percent because as long as we're on this earth there's always going to be evil until the day he's defeated according to his prophecy but again it all leads to prayer hey that was deep that was some spiritual anger right there like and it's like no, <laughs> righteous it's, anger it's, it's justified like it's justified like we have like a heart for the people like we want people to understand like how important it really is like and how and how important it is to not believe those laws how important it is to to believe the truth of god and the enemy like all he will do is lie that's his only superpower like that's, a, that's his only trick he can, he can only tell you lies and He'll tell you lies through other people, through whatever platform it may be. And it's just, we just got to understand, like, the, the the Lord gives us truth. He speaks truth, and he speaks truth in his word. And it's, you, it's, it's so easy to find. It's so easy to find right here, man. It's just it's like, and it's, we're, we're passionate about it because we, we really want everybody to to be able to experience the true freedom of Jesus. And that's the, that's the whole point of this. This is the reason why we do this. We don't do this for the glamour. We don't do this for the reward or the gold at the end of the rainbow. We do this to reach you. And that's why it's called the saving. We're we're doing this to hopefully lead you to the right thing, and that's Jesus. We're doing this not not just out of the potential rewards or, you know, so on and so forth. We do this because we want to see each and every single one of you with us in heaven. That's what we want. That's all we, that's all we could ask for because that's what we were called to do. God called us to be fishers of men. He called us to go out there and seek those people. Seek the people that don't believe, you know? And the more, like, I just want to put this into perspective as well. The Bible tells us that one life saved here on earth is like a thousand in heaven and they rejoice. They rejoice. It's like a party up there. And to kind of throw this out the way too, hell isn't a party. Hell is not a party, you guys. I know the movies like to depict that, and I feel like that's kind of the desensitization that is on this earth. That It's depicted as like this place where I can just do whatever I want. It's this party. It's so. It's whatever. It's just whatever. You know, Satan's just a chill person. No, it's forever torment. There's no break for the rest of your spirit. Like just forever. It's forever. it's for it's forever. It's literally forever. There's no time. There's no such thing as time in the spiritual realm. It's literally forever. And it's it's never gonna it's never gonna end. It's constant hellfire. It's constant beating. Like it's constant agony. It's, it's, it's undescribable. Why would you want to forfeit your soul in that way when you literally can go the complete opposite? Nothing on this earth is worth that. Like, no, it's all. not nothing. We're here to reside on this earth temporarily until he comes back. But why would we sit here and sacrifice our one true salvation to be up there in heaven forever and rejoice and just be in pain free, just happiness and joy and 24 7 praise while we sacrifice that for a temporary feeling or a temporary buzz and i know it's it's easy for me to have righteous anger like this because i've been through that i know what the worldly satisfaction brings i have i've had my trials not saying there won't be trials in the future but i've experienced the world and it has nothing to offer i've truly learned that it has nothing to offer only God has the eternal thing that's worth accepting. And that 
fruit in that spiritual sustenance is the greatest feeling that I've ever felt. And knowing that one day I will join him in heaven. I can't, I, I look forward to it. I really genuinely look forward to it because I know it'll be amazing. So I just like, if, if you're going through any sort of confusion or just anything, a prayer doesn't hurt because it's not worth sacrificing eternal hellfire for nothing on this earth is worth it because everything on this earth is going to fade and turn to dust. I just don't want to see anybody that's listening. I just don't want to see you throw away your soul just for some temporary buzz and then be cast into hell forever. And I'm not preaching that damnation speech that you may hear on the sidewalk of Broadway or whatever. This isn't what that is. This is a call to action. This is a moment that I hope that you can just open up your eyes to. This is a moment where you really seek the Lord for who he is and repent and turn away. And not saying it's going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. Finding a diamond on earth is hard. But it's worth finding when you put in the work for it. But we know that it's guaranteed when we follow God for who he is. I know that was a long spiel. but Did you or Timmy have anything? Um... Timmy, you, do you have anything? Man, I mean, just one last thing I'm, I'm going to say, just like, also just as like a, um application, is like just figure out what you desensitize to um, and just pray about those things and ask the Lord to really soften your heart about those things because desensitization, that's a hard word, Gabe. <laughs> desensitization causes you not to care, and if you don't care, you won't pray for it. So that's just, that's the thing I'm going to just... Um, leave for you to try to apply to your life. Just figure out the things that you desensitize to that are very, very bad that became normal to you and to really um, actually just soften your heart about it and to start praying about those things. So, Yeah, I agree. That's so good. Um, one thing I kind of want to jump into is like the topic of sin. And me and my girlfriend were talking about this today and we were talking about it for a while. But when we sin, um, sometimes as Christians, it's very easy to feel the weight of your sin and then think that there is no room for change or you like, or even do you just feel like the guilt and shame behind that sin, you know, that has happened in your life. But there's two things that happen after your sin after you commit sin and i think you can either choose to let the devil bring his condemnation on you and call you by your sin or you can have god convict you and tell you who you are by your relationship with him and by the transforming of your mind from that sin you know what i mean and it's just like it's so freaking easy to just like let that sin just encaptivate you like and swallow you up, you know? And I feel like God does at t- I think he does bring up your sin to you or like your sin kind of is brought up at some points in your life as you're walking through um, you know, time. And I think the reason why that is, is because God's saying, hey, no, like you've already had this type of sin before or something just like this. You need to like step away. Like I'm trying to remind you like where you know where you've been. But the, see, the devil calls us by that. He's literally like, no pity you. You're you're worthless. You you did so and so you did this or that. But. God tells you, he, he wants you to know that, like, it says in the song, in the song I think, your, uh, my sin was great, or my sin was great, but your love is greater. I'm just like, wow, dude. Like, if, if I can acknowledge my sin and just have, like, a full transformation of my heart and let that be a guidance, like, let my, like, 
let the things that I've gone through and the things that I said. Also, it's it's also crucial that we take our sin too and bring it to the feet of the cross. Because if we don't do that and we don't truly submit our full evil ways and after becoming a Christian, you're still going to be tempted like multiple times over and over and over and you're still going to fall short. We're imperfect. That's just the, that's just the reality is that God is a per, or Jesus was a perfect representation of who we were who we should have been. But Adam fell short and he fell short. So we're just we're just now in this position where we need we need God, but I I guess it's it's just like we we just need to like fully give that to God and that's why I was talking to like my girlfriend about this and it's just there's some things and you got to go back in your life and I, I like it challenged me because there are things back in in my life that I've gone through that I fully haven't surrendered to the Lord you know and I need to get on my hands and knees and say Lord like I I've I forgot about this sin, but I asked her you to uh, help me through this other sin. Like, we need to, as Christians, go back and and ask God for forgiveness from our like all the sins we committed. So, I just think it's a full renewal of of you. It's a it's a death to life. You know. No, yeah, that's good. That's good. Like we have to surrender everything, like every little thing, and there could be things that we don't even know that's still underlying that we haven't surrendered yet but we got to ask god to show us those things and reveal them so we can surrender those things to him and like i did like a self-reflection like just this past sunday um and like there's some things that i had to uproot and surrender to god that i didn't realize i was still dealing with and he will take it away and that's the whole point of it and when he takes it away it's just like such a like you have just a weight off your shoulders and um and like even if you're in some kind of sin and or like whatever sin you were in nine times nine times out of ten like the lord will use that and help and use you to help other people come out of that so like um it's just the that's whatever the enemy has for evil god will turn it for good every single time yeah and i know we're about to wrap up here too but i i want to also say is that like you're never too far gone you're never too much in the the doghouse to be able to like get out and like that's a weird you know reference but (laughs) like you're never too far gone you know what i mean like and it's so easy to let your sin like tell you that there's no way out like you know i imagine in movies you see how like uh people are in a boat or something and the boat's like sinking in water and all you have is that little airspace to like get get breath and you get air you know and you like we can't us as christians we can't live like we're under the pressure of sin and i don't know it's just so it's just so easy to just live in that but i just encourage people is is you're never too far gone you're never too uh you know god always will have a reaching hand to you he he wants like you're just going to be another warrior for the Lord. Like in the battle is only going to be like even better with you there. God wants you there, but it's up to you to have a, like Timmy was saying, a soft, receptive heart to the Lord, you know, and just like fully submit to him in his ways. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I, I want to leave you listeners and viewers with just this. If you're wondering still, how can I be prepared Go to the Lord in humility, repent of your sins, get saved, accept the Lord into your heart and believe that he, that Jesus died and rose on the third day, get baptized, let the world see that, that public declaration of faith that you have. And after that, you just take off from there. Not saying it's going to be easy, not saying that you aren't going to run into trials and you're not going to be tested because in order for gold to be refined, it has to be refined by fire. So it has to face the heat. You're going to face the heat. I face the heat. We've all faced it. You're going to get through it every single time because like the parable of the lost sheep, he'll never leave the one behind. 
So just be prepared for that. Stay in your word each and every single day, even if it's just one chapter, one scripture, whatever it is. Just stay in your word and pray every single day. And that one minute is going to turn to five minutes. That five minutes is going to turn to 20 minutes and so on and so forth. And you're not even going to be focused on that. You're just going to be in with you and the Lord. That's it. So repent, get saved, baptized, stay in your word, stay in your relationship, foster that relationship with the Lord and watch how he turns your life from the inside out a complete 180. And understand that you're going to be tested and understand you're going to be refined by that holy fire. But at the end of the day, it's for both our physical and spiritual good so that we can be up there in heaven rejoicing and praising his name at the end of the day. And just know that the thought of him coming back is not supposed to be something that's fearful or something that doesn't need to be talked about because you're scared of it. It is something that's going to be an amazing day because that's the day that the enemy is truly going to be defeated forever. And we will know such we will know such thing as Satan. We won't even he won't even be anywhere. He'll be gone. He'll be defeated. He'll be killed off. So just take hold of that. And if anybody on here is struggling with their faith, just pray, because at the end of the day, what's the worst that can happen? You know, you got two options here, and I don't mean to preach the damnation thing, but it's either hell or heaven. So it is up to us to decide where we'll go. Because at the end of the day, it's not a religion, it's a relationship, and it's a choice. So, with that being said, um, this is a saving podcast, and we will catch you guys next week.